Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. In of After Hours with Defoe and Luby, Jeff DeForest at Mike Luby Lubitz, and it's always a pleasure to welcome to the program the man that was portrayed by Matthew McConaughey in the movie Two for the Money, which was a brilliant uh, degenerate uh, offering and, and is right up there uh, with Rounders and any of the other uh, the Gambler uh, with James Caan, the original version, uh, great gambling movies uh, of all time. And I, you know what? This is going to be a lot of fun for us because I know he has a particular affinity for uh, the brilliant Andy Reid, whose halftime adjustments are now being hailed as the savior of Kansas City Chiefs football after the Super Bowl. Now, I happen to be in Atlantic City, uh, Brandon Lang, and uh, obviously a Philadelphia Eagles stronghold. And in fact, I think I saw one guy in a Chiefs jersey, and uh, he, he was playing a harmonica on the boardwalk in freezing temperatures and uh, hoping that people would leave him a small contribution and a tambourine. And that was the only guy that had Chiefs jersey on in the whole city. So um, they left the casino in body bags, uh, those fans, as it looked like Philadelphia was in complete command, as you predicted, in this ballgame. Uh, I'll let you take it from there, because I would imagine you have nothing but the highest of praise. For the fat man himself, uh, Andy <laughs> Reid, after that tremendous Super Bowl win by the Chiefs. They are the luckiest team in fucking NFL history. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm so sick and tired of the narrative of we're a dynasty and we're going to run it back and we're just the greatest thing ever when – you haven't had to play a fucking road playoff game yet. You've had home field advantage every single year. And yes, you won, but you didn't win. Philly lost. And it's an absolute travesty that we have to sit here for the next year and hear this bullshit of Patrick Mahomes and the GOAT, Andy Reid, what a great coach in this. I can't handle it. I, I can't, I haven't been able to function. Let's first talk about the fucking idiot lineman who false started on the third and one, which led to the Jalen Hurts fumble. Mm-hmm. That fucking, yes. that fuck. I mean, it's ungodly. <laughs> if that doesn't happen, the Hurts fumble doesn't happen. And I turn to the people I'm watching the game with and I go, that's it. And I go, Chiefs cover. They go, dude, it's the second quarter. I said, you don't understand. Listen, read, read, my, read, my, read my lips. You can't give a team like the Chiefs a free seven points yeah. in a game like this. Yeah. It's yeah. going to come back and haunt you. I told all of you all week long, if the game is played clean, zero turnovers, the Chiefs can't win this game. End of story no matter what happened. So that seven was a big alley. Now, after the game, Fletcher, Cox, Hargrave, the whole D-line, and the defensive coordinator when the game was over, they walked into the Philadelphia locker room, and they met in the showers. The whole D-line, the defensive coordinator. <laughs> they, and they went in the shower, and they took Jalen Hurts in the shower. They said, Jalen, bend over. Just, just bend over, Jalen. We need you. We, 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 we need you to bend over just for a second, Jalen. We have to yeah. do this for ourselves 
We have to do this for our soul. We have to cleanse ourselves of what we just did to you in the second <laughs> half. Let's, let Fletcher, you go first. And they literally bent Jalen Hurts over, and they each took their fist, and they chanted <laughs> into Jalen Hurts. Every one of them. Every single one of them. Yes. They said, Jalen, we want you to feel this for the rest of your life because what you did yeah. and the game you played, what we did to you, we want you to feel it, Jalen, because what we did yeah. was we robbed you of what would have gone down in history as the single greatest performance by a quarterback in the Super Bowl. Rush for 70 yards, rush for three touchdowns, throw for 300 yards. But because all of us are a bunch of fat, fucking, smelly, lazy, scumbag <laughs> motherfuckers, we robbed you of a Super Bowl win. And lastly, they all walk out. You have Jalen Hurts sitting there. He's bent over. His ass is bleeding bloody. Here came the little white punk motherfucking defensive coordinator who's standing there looking at Jalen's bloody ass. And he's saying to himself, <laughs> why didn't I do something different? Why did I think that over the course of the second half as I'm watching what's unfolding in front of me, why didn't I maybe blitz? Why didn't I... Why didn't I see that my front four wasn't going to get there? Yep. Why didn't I see that they weren't getting there all game? Mm -hmm. And why didn't I see that I needed to do something differently? But it goes back to high school when I was bullied in study hall and I just <laughs> wanted to be a somebody and I wanted to be significant in life. And I just wanted the world to know how fucking horrible I am. Because I'm a horrible person. <laughs> I was molested when I was 12 by the neighbor. And it just all came to fruition in that second half. And I stood there <laughs> watching my defense. And I stood there watching my team. And I said to the world, I'm personally going to see fit that we are not going to win the Super Bowl because I'm a dumbass. And I know that bully who bullied me when I was in the seventh grade, word got back to me that he bet on us. And I'm going to fuck him good right now. I'm going to cost him money because I'm a fucking idiot. And that's it. And it, so what happened <laughs> <That's> is <it. laughs> he didn't put his fist in Jalen Hurts' ass. He took the signed autograph baseball bat from Bryce Harper and took the fat in and said, Jalen, this is for you, buddy, because I fucked <laughs> the entire world because I'm the worst defensive coordinator that ever lived. And that's it. And that's your second half of the Super Bowl. Now forget the fact that Siriano just walks in and says, Jalen, let me just let me get it out of the way. Because when there's ten fifty two to go and it's twenty eight twenty seven and it's fourth and two on our own thirty three, that I didn't let you go for it here. So you know what I'm not gonna put my fist in there. I'm not gonna put a bat in there. I'm gonna take my cock and put it in there because I fucked you, Jalen. <laughs> I didn't give you a chance on fourth and two to go for it there. And then we go down and score with like seven minutes to go. And now we go for two and we get it. And now it's thirty five twenty eight. And then they get the ball with seven minutes to go. And then they drive down and score and it's thirty five and thirty five. And then guess what, Jalen? Because I went for it on fourth and two and we got it because they could stop us. Then we get the ball last with four minutes to go. And we go down and kick the winning field goal. And we win the Super Bowl. But because I'm a fucking idiot coach and I hired a defensive coordinator as a fucking idiot, my offense coordinator did his job and he's going to do a great job in Indianapolis. But if the Arizona Cardinals 
hire this defensive coordinator to be their head coach, I am personally going to bet $10,000 on every <laughs> single game going against the Arizona Cardinals next year. Because if you think Cliff Kingsbury was a bad hire, if you think Nathaniel Hackett was a, was a bad hire, this defensive coordinator going to Arizona could go down in history as the single worst hire in NFL history of this guy going to Arizona. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the greatest rant you will hear from anybody yes. on yes. the Super Bowl who has Philadelphia and, right. and, and, uh, and sat here literally. You know what I did after the game? I called up. I, I can't imagine. I mean, here, uh, you know, that, this good. guy that you're saying is the next Rich Cotite, obviously, no. uh, you know. I literally, I went, to a, I went to a tranny bar in Vegas, and <laughs> I looked around, and I found a tranny that looked just like Fletcher Cox. And I literally, the, it, was, the, it was really a guy. It was, it was a guy with a wig. It might have been Fletcher Cox. Cox. And I walked right up to him. And I, I walked right up to him. I said, how big's your dick? How big's your dick? He says, I, I just got out of prison and my dick's 12 inches. I said, let's go to my car right now. I went over there to my car and I said, now, dry, dry. Just give it to me. I said, hold on. And I went in my car. And I had him wear a Fletcher Cox jersey. I, <laughs> I said, put it on, would you? Put it on. And, and then as we're walking out to the car, I said, do you have any black friends that live close by who are big and husky? I said, let's get them here, too. And I want you guys to pound me for the rest of the night. I'm just going to lay on the head of my car. In fact, get the whole fucking, get the whole fucking neighborhood here. Get the whole neighborhood here. Let them all pound and rape me. Pound and rape me. Every one of you. Just and what happened was for eight hours, I just got fucking pounded. I'm in the hospital right now, and uh, my ass is trying to heal. But that's, yes. uh, that's pretty much it. Unreal. Just unreal. 35 points. 35 points in the Super Bowl, and you lose because your defensive coordinator is fucking clueless. Just clueless. Just Pretty clueless. incredible. Plus, uh, with and, a missed field goal, and, which uh, I guess uh, was one of the prop bets. I uh, had a guy come up to me, uh, a friend of mine, actually, uh, who uh, stopped by when uh, we were in Atlantic City. And uh, he said that somebody had called him and said, uh, you, you get 50 to 1 if the uh, first kick of the game, the first uh, field goal attempt, doinks off the crossbar. And uh, he put 100 on it for some reason uh, as an insane person. And, now, and, and he hit, uh, which was great. So he picked up uh, five dimes. Uh, I, I want to say that you're a bet on the uh, backup running back. Uh, the, yeah, the you got over. Oh, yeah. You, you had to hit that over because that guy had a great game. Yeah. Yeah. 20 yards. I said it was the best bet of the entire Super Bowl. He went for, I think he went for 29 yards. And yeah. I go, that was the that was the best bet of the Super Bowl. Kelsey, anytime touchdown. Um, you know, my props did pretty good. But, it, but listen, at the end of the day, it's frustrating as a handicapper to to be on the right side of the game and watch it unfold that way. That's now three Super Bowls in a row where I lost Tampa Bay KC, wrong side of the game. Rams, you know, two years ago, you lose Odell Beckham. And, and that pretty much threw the cover away. And then here you score 35 and you lose. You just kind of shake your head and say, Jesus Christ. They're talking dynasty and we're going to run it back. And you're just like, I, Andy Reid's this great coach and great this. It's like <laughs> Casey didn't do, Casey didn't do anything that Casey does. Mm. It was the defensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles that you come out on the first drive of the second half and you said, listen, we're going to go zero blitz. We're going to go completely rogue, and we're going to stop this first drive. And he did, and he just rushed four, dropped seven. He picked them apart, went and scored. And after that, Put him right back done. in the game. Yep, Put yep, him right yep. back in. Yep, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's absolutely done. And it's like you can't 
you, you know, they, they, they coach not to lose instead of coach to win. Yeah. And, and yeah. you can't do that. You can't. It never works. Day, it was a young, no, no. But, and that's Ask Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. yeah. About that yeah. one. Uh, well, well, and the other thing, I mean, you talk about, uh, you know, and, and this was something that I mean, we were talking about in our, in our morning show where you used to do in the park, right? Where, uh, you know, a play would work on one side of the field. So you ran it on the other side of the field there against the fat kid who, who you knew couldn't stop it. But uh, th those two uh, scoring pass plays uh, where, you know, the receiver went in motion and went back to the position that he was in and, and just ran like a nothing pattern. And and nobody picked them up. Uh, no. It was incredible. And, and they, they not only did it on one side of the field, but they came back like a few, uh, you know, a couple of drives later and did it on the other side for a touchdown. And you're you thinking, how, how could you not be aware that that was something that was going to take place? When your when your defensive coordinator was an altar boy, <laughs> and he was an altar boy, <laughs> and I'll, I'll never forget that he was an altar boy, and wherever he's from, he was an altar boy, and one of his buddies' father were walking into the church, and they saw this defensive coordinator of the Eagles when he was 12. Um, he had his dick shoved in a snowbank to the left of the church. <laughs> and his father, father's friend, his father's friend said to him, "Hey, what are you doing? And what's the defensive coordinator's name? Connor? What is it? The defensive coordinator Eagles." Oh, the guy that – oh, Jesus, I'm blinking. Yeah, he, he, he got Gannon, that job, Gannon, right? Gannon, 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 Gannon's yeah, his last name. Gannon's Gannon. his last name. All right, so, so, so Gannon, 12 years old, <laughs> he's got his dick shoved in a snowbank to the right of the Catholic church as you walk in, and one of his, one of his father's best friends says, young Gannon, what are you doing? And he looks over his shoulder and says, oh, Father Kavanaugh likes a couple of cold ones after Mass. You get a guy who's got his dick shoved in his mo bank, him and his buddy. Guys, you there? Yeah, we're here. We're here. Yeah, we're here. Yeah, we lost it there for a half you know, Hold on. Okay, yeah. hold on. Do you got me now? Yeah, we hear you. Yes. We're just listening. All right, good. So Gannon, Gannon, Gannon and his best friend got their dick shoved in a snowbank. Right. And the father's best friend's walking into the Catholic <laughs> church. And he goes, what the fuck are you doing, Gannon? And Gannon looks over his shoulder and says, oh, Father Kavanaugh likes a couple of cold ones after mass. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a perfect summation there of uh, what transpired for the people that were behind Philadelphia that's it. in that Super Bowl. All right, uh, BrandonLang.com. Uh, that's where we get all your baskets and all the other stuff that you're doing. Yeah, that's it. I'm still, still pissed. I'm going to be pissed for a while. Yeah. I'm in Vegas, and I assure you, before I die, before I die, I will make you this guarantee. Before I die, God is going to allow me to be in a public restroom with Gannon, to be in a restaurant with Gannon, he is going to allow me to come face to face with that cocksucking motherfucker. And you had better believe that I will be on TMZ. There will be an altercation. I will either hit him, wrestle him to the ground, but I will get on the news or TMZ in some form of assault because that I will. I will never ever live this day this down until i get my day in court with that dumb motherfucker who basically <laughs> he did he fucked he fucked the entire world who had philadelphia because he was absolutely yes. clueless in the second half of that super bowl and that's the truth and there's no other way to look at it one stop one stop is all you needed to win that game 
one blitz, one stop, one sack, one this, one that, and he did nothing. Not one time did he bring a blitz. He did. He brought a blitz at the fucking goal line. That's when he brought the blitz. He blitzed twice when they were at the 10. Forget the 20, forget the 30, forget the 40, forget the 50, forget the 40. Forget forget bringing a blitz anywhere else. Oh, I'll go zero blitz at the goal line when they're hard to defend. Real fucking brilliant. That's how fucking cooler he is. Fucking home. Against the gimpy uh, Mahomes. Uh, Brandon, we love you, man. Thanks so much. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, there's always next year, as they say. And you've already got some theories uh, about uh, teams that are going to get, you know, just absolutely pounded on uh, the whole season, uh, i.e., the uh, Arizona Cardinals. So uh, uh, thanks so much for being with us, my friend. It's always a pleasure. I 17 game season with this guy as their head coach, I guarantee you, they go. Four and thirteen against the spread, or even worse, and just just go against them the whole year because this guy's going to be the worst head coach in the history of the NFL. Beautiful stuff. All right, uh, thanks, Brandon. Always a pleasure. Thanks for getting up with us. Appreciate you it. Got it, boys. Thanks, man. Brandon Lang, ladies and gentlemen. That was great. I guess I guess uh, he, he figure out which side of the game he's on. What I will give him credit is he never talks about the refs. Like no. in the Bengal game, I think he got a job because again he always goes out. He now because the Chiefs screwed him, goes constantly against them. He didn't yeah. care about that play. Like he like and so that's what I give him credit is he's like it wasn't that. And he was right. Like I was so Kansas City heavy that I was just happy the offensive line was playing well. The opposite of that is the defensive line didn't play well. Like that was the big yeah. story why everyone thought they would win and by the end people had talked themselves to the Eagles winning easy was they were just going to wreak havoc. The Chiefs line is good but it's not elite and the the Eagles defensive line is. Yeah, they didn't get one sack and outside of early he didn't get pressured at all. So you would think the defense corner would do something, and they changed nothing in that game. Yeah. Orlando Brown uh, was passing out T-shirts at the parade. <laughs> zero sacks. Exactly. Everybody was opening up a big mouth about how great the – I mean, that that was, you know, the major part of the narrative there uh, going into the Super Bowl is how vastly superior the Philadelphia Eagles uh, defensive line is to any that, that we've seen since, like, the Purple People Eaters. My God. We didn't talk about uh, in those type of parameters, and, and they had the statistics to back it up. Uh, uh, my thought, though, in uh, kind of uh, eventually, you know, just saying, okay, what the hell, take a shot with the Chiefs, besides the fact that everybody uh, loved the Philadelphia Eagles, what was, uh, you know, as you looked at the AFC versus the NFC, I, I thought there were more good teams in the AFC. There were. That, that winning the AFC title was not, uh, you know, uh, any, uh, you know, walk through the park there that, uh, you know, that there were challenges and Kansas City managed to do it, even though people thought, uh, you know, they were aided by a few things, the quirky nature of that Buffalo game uh, with DeMar Hamlin being uh, canceled. Uh, and, you know, they played one quarter of the game. It looked like Cincinnati was going to win. That could have altered the entire course yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of the postseason. But uh, nonetheless, uh, Kansas City put itself in a position where they benefited. And, uh, you know, that's all I can say. I mean, uh, th- these were bizarre acts of God type of circumstances that they, uh, you know, benefited from. So uh, I don't know that you can blame them. They just happen to uh, be the lucky, uh, you know, inheritors of some good fortune. Uh, you know, and, and the officiating, I-, I still think, I mean, more significant than that, uh, you know, holding uh, debate uh, whether or not uh, the receiver was held up and the flag should have been thrown. Far more, uh, you know, debatable was the catch or no catch on the uh, return for a touchdown which would have been the second one in the game of a recovered fumble for a touchdown by the Chiefs. And if that wasn't a momentum changer, uh, I, I don't know that anything would be. I mean, it, it, that reversal gave the the Eagles a chance to actually still be yes. in the game. 
They, they, Otherwise, they're going down. I mean, uh, in, in a ball of flames. All right, that was a lot of fun. Uh, thanks so much uh, for tuning in, everybody. Brandon Lang, always great. I'm glad he came on in the aftermath of the Super Bowl because uh, uh, certainly had some, uh, well, well, some, some, uh, you know, different theories about uh, you know how, how the game uh, you know played out and what the reaction should be. Uh, then, then most other people who were just happy to uh, you know take a cyanide cap and go to that long sleep. All right, uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow morning on South Florida Live. Yes. Uh, the Depot Show out. is always a lot of fun with Mike Luby Lubitz, and yes, uh, always a pleasure being with you on After Hours. Baseball season's around the corner. Uh, we're heading to the All Star break in the NBA, even though we're sixty games into the season. And uh, you know you have hockey uh, getting ready for the playoffs. Although that that is a regular season that gets completely lost. Yeah, for the most part, isn't it? NHL regular season, as entertaining as the postseason is. So uh, we will see you uh, tomorrow morning at seven on South Florida Live. Thanks for tuning in to uh, After Hours. And uh, no matter what uh, you endeavor to do today, uh, do it with confidence. Uh, do it uh, with a positive feeling, and go out there and realize that to succeed in anything, you gotta believe. From the newly renovated sports bar to the beautiful bayside views captured at the Tiki Bar, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill has it all. Located at mile marker 104, the Big Chill also offers waterfront dining while experiencing breathtaking sunset views of the Florida Keys. It's simply the hottest spot in the Keys to cool off. That's Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill at mile marker 104 in Key Largo. For more information, call today at 305 305- Four five three nine zero six six. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.